God is in control. God is at work. I don't want you to feel disconnected from that. I have a verse that's strong on my heart today, and it's found in Hebrews chapter 10. If you'll turn there, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. I want to bring these words on the screen. You see them, and then let's talk about it. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Relinquish or throw away your confident trust in the Lord. Here's why. Remember the great reward it brings you. When you open this verse, the writer is showing that you have two pathways. When you are stunned by negative news, you're challenged with that voice of uncertainty to direct you down a path where you are determined by circumstance rather than confident trust. And you forfeit the reward of the pathway of trusting in the Lord. There is a pathway of confident trust and it brings, one version says, a rich reward. The quality of the blessing of trusting God, the, the quality is just, it, you find the writers trying to give an adjective to describe what comes to the believer who remains confident in their trust even though times are tough. Notice how we see the two pathways in Israel's journey. This is found in Numbers 13. We'll start at verse 30. Look at the screen with me. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Hear the voice and sense the pathway. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers... And that's what they thought too. And the result of that voice of uncertainty determined the pathway. It caused Israel to get off of the pathway of confident trust in the Lord that brought with it a rich reward of the promised land. Do you see in that passage two voices, two pathways, two very different results. Please focus in on this understanding of confidence. I'm not speaking of just a feeling that makes uh, you encouraged about circumstances. I'm not talking about a confidence that just makes you feel better. There is a self-confidence, but I'm not talking about that today. I am talking about something on another level It's a God confidence that doesn't just make you feel better, it makes life better. When you keep this confidence, it brings with it a rich reward. What I'm saying is that your life is better 
when you have a confident trust. It's not just that you feel better. Your life is better. Your relationships are better. Your health is better. Your focus is better. When you have confident trust in God, you're a better mom, a better dad, better son, a better daughter. There is such a deep impact of the life that has this confident trust. It affects totally the way you pray. Faith-filled praying is a result of someone who has confident trust in the Lord. When you know God is with you and God is for you, you know that, then it influences the way you pray because you pray knowing that somehow God is going to make a way. Somehow God is going to bring you through. There will be a battle. There will be fighting. But you know God is going to bring you through. Be reminded of when God spoke to Joshua in the first chapter, those first seven verses. He said, Moses is dead. I have an assignment for you. Get ready for this assignment. Put your heart into my word. Get the people ready. Don't deviate from this book of instruction. Be strong and courageous because I have this promised land for you to go and possess. Those seven verses can be summed up of God saying to Joshua... Keep your confident trust in me. If you want confident trust, you've got to biblically deal with your past. Prepare your heart in prayer and the study of the word. Take steps of faith knowing that you have a trust in the Lord. And so you go and possess the land. Let's look at Psalm 27. It is a fabulous psalm. Here it is, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? Now notice that that's a question. It's showing you could go a pathway of fear. Because there are two pathways. There is the pathway of confident trust. There is the pathway of uncertainty. The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Why should I go the pathway of emotional instability? Keep reading. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Notice the confidence. Keep going. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain. Would you say that last word with me? Here we go. Confident. That word confident is the same word used in Hebrews 10. It is a confident trust in the Lord. It's not that I've just pumped myself up. I'm putting confidence in my ability. It is a God confidence that is stabilizing me. It doesn't remove the challenge. It keeps me in the midst of the challenge and allows me to experience the God who will bring me through the challenge. Praise God. Do you see the value, the impact of confident trust? doesn't just make you feel better. Life is better when you have a confident trust in the Lord. You know, I wish we didn't have to go through the problems, but that's not life. Joshua, when he enters the promised land, will have 31 different kings who have armies that he will have to confront, not to mention the Jordan River and the wall of Jericho. So life is going to be filled with these challenges. 
confident trust in the Lord allows us to face that opposition with a hope and expectation that God will bring us through. If we lose that confident trust, we then lose the hope, we lose the great expectation, and like what happened earlier in the history of Israel, we go the pathway of discouragement, and they ended up circling in the wilderness for 38 years. So there's an option. See, there's not a person in this room right now that doesn't have a certain battle, a certain challenge. All of us do. Here's what distinguishes the people in the room. It's whether or not you have competent trust in the Lord. That's the difference. We all have problems. What distinguishes us is the attitude of Joshua and Caleb or that of the other ten spies. What distinguishes us is if we're listening to the good report that's a result of the promise of God or if we are listening to the negative report that's a result of the voice of uncertainty. What pathway we are on because it will determine the rich reward or not. Hey, Joshua, I have houses for you. I have harvests off of crops you didn't plant. A land that flows with milk and honey. There is a rich reward, but it can't be experienced without competent trust because it doesn't come without battle. It doesn't come without adversity. It does not come without opposition. So you see this this challenge. Their journey is so similar to our journey. Right now, we have this option of having a competent trust Not trying to get myself in a mindset that's over the issues. I'm saying I'm trying to lock in to a true trust in the Lord that allows me to be confident in God in the face of opposition. Let me explain. A couple weeks ago, I received a phone call from Charles Zwick. He was returning from Houston with his wife, Becky who not too long ago was diagnosed with cancer, and it was, a, it was a very alarming diagnosis. They went through certain appointments here and then on to Houston, and coming back from Houston, he called me and shared the incredible report that his wife received, and to listen to him articulate the details of what the doctor said just brought you to this point of knowing God has provided a miracle in her body. And we praise the Lord for that. Let me give another illustration. The end of this week, Mike Jarnigan called. His daughter, Kara, has been fighting with such courage this battle with leukemia. And we're here to share today a, a report of that's just miraculous. I mean, the earlier reports weren't positive. Today I'm, I'm reporting to you that she's back in remission. That God has done a miracle. It's a miracle. It's amazing. So we celebrate. We celebrate because why? God's bringing them through. I would prefer that they didn't have to go through this process. See, I wish they never would have had the diagnosis. Or at the first mention that at the first prayer there would have been 
an immediate change. I wish they didn't have to walk out some of the appointments and treatment and, and challenges that they have had. But here's the deal. They have adversity just like Israel had, just like you have. What's challenged my heart is how they have walked the road with a confident trust. How easy would it have been for them to say, why us and why now and why this? And listen to the voice of uncertainty and walked a different pathway. They chose to remain confident in the Lord in the face of negative news. And it has led to a rich reward. God has and is providing. Just hold on. God will show up and he will bring you through the fire again. That's the essence of confident trust. Hold on. Hold on. Because this confident trust brings with it a rich reward. Chuck Swindoll says that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. When I first heard that, and I heard it years ago, I had to be honest and say that my response to life was just the opposite. My response was 90% what was happening to me and 10% how I responded to it. He makes it very clear, and, and I have to say I agree with that, though it wasn't easy and it's never been easy to, to live it out, but it's true. We either will... Respond with a confident trust and be on the pathway of hope in the Lord that leads to a rich reward or a pathway of despair and discouragement where circumstances put us into a life of just trying to cope rather than conquer. I love the fact that we can study Scripture and see that there is no life void of challenge, major trials. But on those same pages, we see a God who is faithful, who is greater, who is awesome, who is always on time. I wish we didn't have to go in the fire, but I want to rejoice that even though we do, we have a God who brings us through the fire. I mean, I'd much rather God give us the territory of our future without a Jordan River, without a wall of Jericho, without 31 enemy kings, that yet it'd be much easier. But we wouldn't learn what we need to learn about God. We wouldn't learn what we need to learn about ourselves. We wouldn't have such a victorious praise if we didn't have some stories of God showing up just on time and bringing us through the fire again and again and again. I watched, some of you started standing as Jason was singing because you were recalling how God has brought you through and you were standing in faith because you need God to bring you through what's happening right now. Well, I have a word of hope for you. Your God is faithful. Keep your confident trust in the Lord. He is your light and he is your salvation. He's greater than fear. He's greater than your enemy. He's greater than the present attack. Your God is greater. Don't you worry. Don't you doubt. 
God will bring you through. Let's praise the Lord today. I believe it in my spirit. I believe it in my spirit. Now, I want us to be a people of great confidence in the Lord. I'm establishing a goal out of this message for my life and for you and for us as a church. And here it is. I want you to be known for your confidence in God. Think about people that have this confidence in the Lord and what a blessing it is to be around them. How it helps you and encourages you. I want you to be that way. And you can be. Think about David who is known as this man who said, the same God who's given me the lion and the bear will give me the giant. And because of his confident trust in the Lord, it came with a rich reward, and that is the giant came down, and all of Israel came out of hiding, and they ran to the battle. That was the influence of this man who had a confidence in God. You can't preach about David without talking about his confidence in the Lord. When no one else had it, when all of Israel was afraid, David's voice could be heard saying, the battle is the Lord's. You can't think about people like Caleb and Joshua without talking about their confident trust in the Lord. You can't even talk about Nehemiah, this man who saw the wall down and the gates burn with fire without speaking of his confidence in the Lord. For he rose up and said, we're going to rebuild this wall. He believed that God could restore a nation. God could restore the people. That revival could come. That the Spirit of the Lord could bring those people back to a place of spiritual strength. And God did it. It's because of a man who had a confident trust in the Lord. We need a Nehemiah spirit a Caleb spirit. We need to be a church of Joshua's who say we can do it because God has given us a promise. Yes, there's adversity, but our God is our light and our salvation. There needs to be a church in this culture with such uncertainty and fear to rise up in a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind, confident in the Lord who is still in control. He's in control. I don't care what politician wins or what politician loses. Our God is in control control and my confidence is in the Lord my God Shadrach hear him hear him as he says to Nebuchadnezzar king you need to know that we will not bow we will not go along in order to get along if everyone bows we will not bow listen to his words for our God is able to deliver us Now he takes it to a whole different level of confident trust. As he says to the king. King, if he doesn't deliver us. Be it known unto you. That we still refuse to bow. An if not kind of faith. That challenges me. See, God is not restricted to this season or this year. God is a God of eternity, and your soul is eternal. 
And I want to tell you, you will not lose the spiritual battle. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I just know that you will not lose the spiritual battle. You already are victorious. It is not connected to what you're going through. It is connected to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ who conquered every enemy, even death. Hallelujah. O grave, where is thy sting? O death, where is thy victory? It's been swallowed up by the victory of Jesus Christ. We are absolutely on the winning side. When you study Joshua, he is a type of Jesus Christ. He is an Old Testament type of Jesus. When you study the New Testament and go on to the end of the book, you realize we win. Go on and read the end of Joshua. Joshua won. He won every single battle. He was victorious because that's what God promised him. And the way the whole book ends is with Joshua saying, you know what, I'm going to keep serving the Lord and my whole house, we're going to serve the Lord. You need to choose this day who you're going to serve, where you're going to place your trust. But as for us, we will place our confident trust in the Lord. Read the end of the book. We win. So you got a choice to make. Are you going to honor God and put your hope in God or not? Today I challenge you. Be known. Be known for your confidence in God. Let's be known as a church for confidence in God. Faith in God. Not, not some simple uh, or not, maybe the word simple is not effective there. Uh, some, some shallow kind of putting our mind over matter. We're just not willing to deal with reality. You know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like Joshua, who could face the Jordan, the Jericho, and the enemy kings, and still believe that the promise of God would empower him to somehow get through. That God was going to bring him through. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a faith that is rooted and anchored by the word so that you have this confidence that you can raise a voice of great expectation before you see the miracle happen. Praise God. So how you do that? A couple of suggestions. One, here it is. Let me put it on the screen. I would say... Constantly reclaim your mind from negative thoughts. The enemy will work overtime trying to put negative thoughts so that you would end up dwelling on those so that it becomes like a negative report like Israel believed and puts and put you on a pathway that would remove the rich reward. So constantly battle for that territory of your mind. The devil has been defeated, and that snake does not have the permission to just slither into the garden of your mind and and poison your thinking. When you wake up in the morning, pray for the mind of Christ. Throughout the day, say, Lord, help me to think on those things that are praiseworthy, noble, and true. Things that are of a good report. Take this seriously and... Say, you know what, I I can't give up the rich reward of confident trust in the Lord. So I must keep reclaiming my mind from the negative thoughts of the enemy. Don't let that snake come in. This past week, Kent Todd was doing some mowing right out here on our property. and He killed a huge snake. When he saw the snake, he didn't say, oh, I'll go around it, I'll avoid it. 
here's the deal. We don't allow snakes on this property. I said, you ought to mount it so all the other snakes can see it. Because if they come on, we're going to do the same to them. Because here's the deal. We have, we have children and young people, and you, you're coming onto this campus. I'm not having you come here today worrying if some snake is going to slither up and try to bite. No way. Last night, we're sitting in my home, and I, I, I look out, and on my patio is this huge snake. I eliminated that snake. I eliminated it. It wasn't the first snake that ever came on our patio. Uh, and it may not be the last. That one won't ever come back on our patio. See what I'm saying? It, I'm saying that does, that's not going to happen. That, that can't be. That can't be allowed. I can't say, ah, oh, there's a snake. And just leave it there. Because that's potential danger. I had to reclaim the patio. I had to reclaim that as, that's my property. That's not the snake's my dog is the one that let me know it was out there. My dog was barking in the back of her house. She was in the back barking. The snake was right at the, our door and the door of the doghouse. And I said, look at this. And I got the snake eliminator. It's a big shovel. <laughs> Man, I, oh, I shouldn't talk anymore because I'm getting into my animal planet. That it was, anyway, that snake's done. That snake is gone. I'm saying get radical with negative thinking. I'm saying don't, don't tamper with it. Don't let it linger. Don't let it stay. Don't dwell on it. Don't give permission for that kind of negativity to stay in your mind. Deal with any vain thought, any lustful thought, any negative thought. Because you cannot have a positive future with a negative thought life. You can't live in a competent trust if you have... Thoughts occupying your mind that are from the voice of uncertainty. It will end up putting you on a different pathway. Here's a second suggestion. I would say cultivate a sense of assurance around the idea that God is for you. God is for you. I, God is for you more than I could ever explain. Now cultivate that assurance. See, the, there's some soil where plants just can't grow because the soil is not of a good quality. And if you could increase the quality of the soil, things could grow. I would say, let the soil of your soul be that which believes that God is for you no matter what you're going through. And that will cultivate this assurance that will help you maintain a competent trust in the Lord. Hear this, no matter what you're going through, this could be the toughest day you've had in a long time. The circumstance you're going through has you in a very unique and difficult place. I say to you, God is for you, and live today cultivating the assurance that He is for you, and somehow He's going to make a way. God is going to bring you through. It's not going to be easy. It may not be quick, but God is for you. Cultivate that assurance. It will encourage and reinforce your confident trust in the Lord that has a rich reward. Number three, and finally, train your eyes to see evidences of God's presence. It's so easy to go through a day and miss the presence of the Lord. It's so important. It could be the smile of your child. 
that you could not doubt that God was just orchestrating a way to, for him to say to you that he loves you and he's for you. It could be how you arrived at a verse of scripture. It could be a phone call from a friend, a text from a friend. It could be something you read in a book. And because you have trained your eyes, you've trained your eyes to see the very evidence of God's activity, it encourages your ability to remain confident in your trust. You can come through an entire service, and it's interesting. You could talk to two different people. One person may say, it, it, it seemed as though Jesus was walking the aisles of the church. It seemed as though he sat right beside me, and I sensed his presence so strong. Another person could say, Just a totally different experience. Part of the reason is training your heart. Training your eyes to see the evidence of God's presence. Maybe you saw evidence of God's presence through a song that was sung today. Maybe a verse of a song. Maybe something that was sung today took you back to a time where God met you in a powerful way. Maybe you were recalling stories of God's faithfulness and it was God using that to encourage your faith and that's an evidence of the presence of God. I'm telling you, even on a cloudy day, you know the sun is still up there. I'm there are evidences more than we could ever imagine. Your life is constantly intersecting with the activity of God. Be aware of the presence of the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in that awareness of God. Make this day and the coming week like an experiment of, of how much you can be aware of the evidence of God's presence. He's not just everywhere all the time. He manifests Himself in very specific ways to reveal to you that you're not alone. That He's bringing you through. You can hope in Him. You can trust Him. Hold on to the expectation. Keep the faith. Keep praying. Evidences of His presence encourage that kind of heart and devotion. Today I want to pray for people who have lost confident trust in the Lord. It happens to all of us. I have been there. We all have been there. Where we were tempted and we did listen to the voice of uncertainty. I've walked through seasons of doubt. I've walked through seasons of confusion. Because I was listening to the voice of uncertainty. I've walked through seasons that, that harvested Less faith rather than more faith because I was listening to a negative report in my spirit and it put me on a pathway. I've done, I've been there. I want to pray for people because listen, you're going to leave here not just feeling better, life is better when you have confident trust. Your relationships will be better. Your focus will be better. Everything about your life will be better when you have confident trust in the Lord. It's too important to not have it.
Could you go back to Hebrews 10.35, please? And I want you to see this verse on the screen. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Even through your uncertainty or pain, you maintain this confidence. Today I want to pray and reclaim the territory of your mind from negative thoughts, wayward thoughts, uncertain thoughts. I want us to believe God for you to cultivate the assurance in your heart that God's for you, God is with you, and don't let the circumstance tell you differently. Even now, Jesus is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Be aware. Receive. Open your heart. Let his love minister. Let his mercy minister to you. Let his grace help you. Let his power sustain you. He's here. He knows you. He knows where you are and what you're going through. He knows how to help you. He's the shepherd of the lowest valley. Of the darkest night. He doesn't keep us from challenges. He brings us through them. And you're coming through. I came today to say keep your confident trust in the Lord. Because he's bringing you through. He is bringing you through. You're making headway. You're making progress. It's improving. You're going to be delivered. The healing is coming. Deliverance is coming. I say it in the name of Jesus.